0: Welcome, witches, to Witchcraft from A to Z, your go-to witchy podcast for finding the magic hidden among the mundane. My name is Elaine Evergreen, a practicing witch of over 15 years now, and I'll be your host this week. This week's episode is all about knives and their significance and uses in witchcraft. I'm sure we've heard of old wives' tales around knives and the meanings surrounding them, such as if a knife falls and the point sticks, then a visitor will soon arrive, and I know we've all seen or read some piece of media where a person who practices magic uses a blade in their witch When it comes to knives in our magical toolboxes, they've been present and depicted since the beginning of recorded histories of magic and sorcery. And knives are still a staple in many witches' toolkits. In ancient Egypt, they were used to pierce the veil between the worlds to allow power to flow through. In the Middle Ages to inscribe circles and symbols, and in some magical practices they are used as a symbol of masculinity and are used to cast enclosed circles. A knife is basically used as an extension of yourself and a point of power at which to direct energy to or from. More recently, the most common form of a knife that's used in witchcraft is the athame, or athame, or... I don't know, I've heard it pronounced so many ways, I can't quite grasp which one is correct, but you know my meaning. This is a ceremonial knife used by Wiccans and other neo-pagan practices. It's often used in rituals involving banishments, casting circles, evocation, and is used to represent power, masculinity, and fire. Now, whatever you call a knife used in witchcraft... I think it's important to mention that this knife does not need to be expensive, fancy, or unique. This knife, of course, could be something that you bought or was gifted that was designed specifically to only be used in spell work and a super fancy knife. But this knife could just be an old pocket knife that you got as a child or a kitchen knife that you really like and frequently use. Personally, I would go out on a limb and say that a kitchen knife that you really like and use often while preparing meals every day would be the knife that would bring the best outcomes compared to something that was purchased used for spell work because this average kitchen knife has been gathering so much energy from you, from you chopping, from the way you, you feel about it, from the time spent with it, and so on. Plus, using a simple kitchen knife is the best option for which you can't quite practice in their own household. Once you find the knife that you want to start using, if you want to start using one, there are many uses for magical knives, as with all tools and spell work. Here are a few ways that you can use a knife to channel or direct energy depending on whatever you want to do with spell. You can cast a circle or other protective boundaries in your practice using the knife to direct your protective energy. You can invite the elements of earth, air, fire, and water into your ritual to aid and empower your magic. The knife acting as a lightning rod to draw these elements to you. You can use a knife to draw visible or invisible magical lines carved into dirt, salt, candles, or ritual objects and even marking a limit between yourself and someone or something else as a, a form of a barrier. Like drawing, you can use your knife for mixing salt and water, combining the elements of a potion, picking up ingredients with the point, or even measuring proportions using the blade. If the blade of your knife is reflective enough, you can scry using it. Use the knife to direct energy when cleansing or charging magical tools, like amulets, talismans, anything you wish, really. Using a string wrapped around the handle of your blade, you can use the tip of the ritual dagger as a pendulum. And a blade can help imbue your candle or whatever item you're carving with your magical intent when you use it to carve. Now, because I've mentioned this a few times, I'm going to share with you just one way of casting a circle. Not every witch needs this, as circle casting is primarily used in neo-pagan religions, but if it's something you want to try, I found this great article on LearnReligions.com, which described the following circle casting. First, figure out where your circle should be cast. In some traditions, a circle is physically marked on the ground, While in others, it's merely visualized by each member of the group. If you have an indoor ritual space, you can mark the circle on the carpet and do whatever your ritual or tradition calls for. Once the circle is designated, it is usually navigated by the high priest or priestess using an athame or a thame or athame, (laughs) a candle or a censer. Which direction your circle will face is most always oriented with the four cardinal points, with a candle or other marker placed in the north, east, south, and west, and the altar in the center, with all of the tools necessary for the ritual. Before entering the circle, participants are also cleansed. Methods of casting the circle vary from one tradition to another. In some forms of Wicca, the god and goddess are called upon to share the ritual, and others, the high priest or priestess, will begin at the north and call upon the deities of the tradition from each direction. So to begin, you can mark the circle on the floor or the ground and place a candle in each of the four quarters. Green to the north to represent the earth, yellow in the east to represent air, red or orange to symbolize fire in the south, and blue in the west to represent water. All necessary magical tools should already be placed upon the altar in the center. The High Priest or Priestess enters the circle from the east and announces, Let it be known that the circle is about to be cast. All who enter the circle may do so in perfect love and perfect trust. Other members of the group may wait outside of the circle until the casting is complete. The High Priest or Priestess moves clockwise around the circle carrying a candle. And at each of the four cardinal points, she calls upon deities of her tradition. As she lights the candle in the east from the one she carries, the High Priest or Priestess says, Guardians of the East, I call upon you to watch over the rights of the Three Circles Coven, or whatever your coven's name is. Powers of knowledge and wisdom guided by air, we ask that you keep watch o- over us tonight within this circle let all who enter the circle under your guidance do so in perfect love and perfect trust the high priest or priestess moves to the south and lights the red or orange candle saying guardians of the south i call upon you to watch over the rites of this coven powers of energy and will guided by fire we ask that you keep watch over us tonight within the circle, and let all who enter the circle under your guidance do so in perfect love and perfect trust. Next, she circles around to the west, where she lights the blue candle and says, Guardians of the west, I call upon you to watch over this coven. Powers of passion and emotion guided by water. We ask that you keep watch over us tonight within the circle. Let all who enter the circle under your guidance do so in perfect love and perfect trust. Finally, the High Priest or Priestess goes to the last candle in the North. When lighting it says, Guardians of the North, I call upon you to watch over this coven. Powers of endurance and strength, guided by Earth, we ask that you keep watch over us tonight within this circle. Let all who enter this circle under your guidance do so in perfect love and perfect trust. At this point, the High Priest or Priestess will announce that the circle is cast and other members of the group may enter. Each person is... Approaches the high priest or priestess who will ask, how do you enter the circle? Each individual will respond in perfect love and perfect trust. Or in the light and love of the goddess or whatever response is appropriate to the tradition. And according to learnreligions.com, that's how you cast it. I do want to mention that because knives are considered a weapon, if you are going to perform a ritual in public, you may not be allowed to bring your knife. Most people substitute their knives in public rituals with staves, scepters, censers, or candles. Before I go, I just wanted to thank you all for your continued support as some of my podcasts have been late (laughs) um, due to my crazy travel schedule from work. But thank you all for the support either way. (laughs) And that's it. I hope you learned a few things that you can add into your magical practice using a blade as your magical tool. I'd love to hear from you all, so if you ever have any questions about certain attributes of an item, you want some witchy advice, or you just want to share something about your magical practice, please submit a message to me on my Anchor page at anchor.fm slash witchcrafta2z. I've shared the link in the description of this podcast, as well as any resources I may have used during the research for this episode. Don't forget to download and subscribe where you listen to podcasts and share with anyone you know who needs just a little more magic in their life. Until next time, which is.